Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you are feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I'm joined today, obviously, by my co-host, my best friend, and my husband, Josiah. Thank you so much for joining us today. You got it. Josiah, I know we have a very special guest so would you be willing and doing the honor of introducing who that special guest is? For sure. So we're here in season two, 2020, and loving every minute of this podcast, Young Adults Today. And we're here with a special friend of ours, a mentor in my life for the past several years, and his name is Matt Brown. Matt is an evangelist, the author of Truth Plus Love, and the founder of Think Eternity, a ministry dedicated to amplifying the gospel every day through podcasts, devotionals, videos, and live events, and more. Matt and his wife, Michelle, and their three kids live near Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Matt has been one of the people who's just been a voice of encouragement and blessing and mentorship in my life. So he's not new to podcasting. He is new to this podcast. So we're going to learn how to do a better job on this show. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you both. And uh, so, so privileged to share. I love what you're doing with the podcast. And uh, I think it's so needed, honestly. You know, this is just a, a theme and a topic and a space that it's just so fun to see what you guys are doing with it. Um, you know, you know, you guys know this. I'm like one of the big cheerleaders over here, big fans of everything you guys are doing. Well, we feel it, and there's certain people that when you spend time with them, you just walk away. And I, I feel like when I spend time with you, I walk away, Matt. And I feel like I could do anything, and I could go change the world. So that's why we like spending time together. And you definitely have a voice that's encouraging in my life, and in Micah's, and in many others. So. Fun to spend time together today. I know when yeah, I know when Josiah and Matt have spent time together because Josiah comes running through the door on cloud nine. You're like, you're never gonna guess who reached out to me or who I get to talk to today. And I'm like, who? Matt Brown. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. So for the next four to five hours, he's on cloud nine. I'm celebrating with him, obviously, and excited to have Matt in our lives. But to get him down off that high is sometimes a half a day trip. So. It's quite the adventure in our house when he has influential people around him speaking in. And that's one of our prayers is that everybody listening to this podcast mm. would be able to embrace what God is doing and truly live on cloud nine with excitement, with intentionality, um, with a zeal for life and just a passion for God's people. So, Matt, we're so excited that you are here. I just had to tell you that because you oh, smile it's... probably just as much as Josiah. So you guys are <laughs> contagious, not only to me, but hopefully everybody that you guys encounter. But... um. We want oh, everybody so to experience, oh, of course, we want everybody to hear what you have to say today. You are definitely mm. um, just a voice that has spoken so much truth, yeah. and we're just excited to see what God does during this podcast for us as the host, but also as the listeners um, kind of tune in, and hopefully they can realize that God wants to take him to that next level of intimacy, and you know, I think when we serve a God who wants us to, I don't want to say live on cloud nine, but live with that excitement, you know, and live with that intentionality. Um, yeah, we're just super excited. But Yeah, the Bible never really says that God is there to bring us down a notch. That's right. You know, he, you know he, God God brings, the things that he brings into our lives is, is a lot of love and a lot of joy and a lot of peace, you know. And, and so... You know, we know when we're getting closer, when we're 
growing in those things. Not that we always need to be pumped, you know, although I do drink a decent amount of coffee, that might be part of it. You know, I did, I did uh, like a basic Enneagram test for the first time. I was like way late to the game, but I think I might be the enthusiast. So number so seven, I do love when people have a passion for things. Um, and, and, you know, my wife sees me that way a lot too. <laughs> when, when I'm talking with my friends or hanging out with my friends and just getting excited about what God's doing, excited about the future, you know, but, but I do, I do believe like God does, he wants to produce more, at least of that kind of stuff in our lives, more love, more joy, more peace. Yes. It's amazing. <clears throat> so Matt, again, welcome. If you will, can you just start by telling us your the story of your ministry journey? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents weren't in ministry, but they were just you know very involved in a local church here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And got three brothers. I'm a third born. And um, so, yeah, I grew up in church and just I came to Christ at an early age. I sense the call to ministry at an early age as well. And when I was in my late teens uh, at a youth conference uh, that happened to be at our home church here in the Twin Cities, I mean, the Christian Center, um, was really, I think, my first time visiting that I recall growing up. Um, and um, just sensed a, a very specific call to share the gospel with people who are far from God, people who are outside the church. And sensed God's heart and burden for people who are away from him, I just, you know, really I broke down in that service just you know, praying for my friends in high school who didn't know the Lord and just praying that I could make an impact. And God, you know, really confirmed that call. Like I've always had a pretty strong sense of of that calling since that moment and, and really just never doubted it. So I had a real clear preach the gospel. And, and so I've just aimed to do that now for 18 years. I've been, um, you know, finding ways to do and um, I, when I sensed the call in the ministry, it was before social media was really around. Um, and honestly, it was before, you know, it was even before people were starting to have cell phones and everyone had a cell phone. And um, so I went into Bible college at North Central University. And I remember begging my friends, so I didn't need a cell phone. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm rugged, you know, <laughs> which is just sounds so stupid now. Um, and, and so I went into that, and then shortly after Bible college, my wife and I got married, and shortly after Bible college, uh, we, you know, social media started to come around. My, my older brother, who's a pastor, forced me on to some of the early stuff, like MySpace, and I kind of quickly realized how that could be used for ministry, too, but my calling came even before all that. And so, we yeah, we've just found ways through outreaches, through preaching, through writing, and now even through digital missions and social media to share the gospel with more people and that's our heart and that's what we're focused on still and so that's a little bit of the background along the way we came you know came up with a name think eternity and it's just a heart to live with god's perspective on things on our life and our ministry and truly though it is just an evangelistic ministry mm -hmm. to share christ share jesus with more people and that's our heart I think it's just a beautiful illustration of that we can use technology and leverage it for God's kingdom. So we know that you are also an author in the process of everything else that you do. And you came out with the most recent book called Truth Plus Love. And can you just share the message of Truth Plus Love in a nutshell? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, this is actually my eighth book. I've written and co-written some different books over the years. Um, but you know, this one has really been about a five-year process. Um, a lot of books, it's typically a couple of years to, you know, work on a book and write a book, which you, you both know well from your experiences. 
but really this has been about a five-year process of making notes and thinking about this concept and this idea and it's really just the idea that you know we don't become a christian and then we just and we learn all the right things to do we learn all the right answers and the right truths but we also need to um, grow more like jesus in our attitude and how we treat other people and it's really you know I, I go actually through the book and talk about the fruit of the spirit so i start with love and i talk about the rest of the spirit and I, I feel like we carry both truth and love and the spirit well together which it's easy just to lean one way or the other but if we carry them both people are actually drawn to the truth because of our love yeah they're mm-hmm. drawn to the truth because of our joy they're drawn to the truth because of our peace and our gentleness and our kindness it's really been a message that's never been more needed in today's world you know we're the first generation of people in history that now have internet where we hear about all the bad things that happen within seconds yep we're the first generation in history with 24-hour news media which is often negative and it's so easy to want to respond to everything that is being said in our culture i mean every single day you feel baited if you go online or you watch tv to say something about it and the reason that's a problem and a challenge for us is we're also the first generation in history and we're the first generation of christians with a online megaphone right through social media so suddenly we can talk to all our friends we've ever known kids we were friends with back in middle school somehow we're friends with them on facebook we crazy friend <laughs> and we're telling them and we don't think like oh i've got these 1500 friends you know and i'm going to say this about this specific topic and this subject and what the news is saying i'm going to go speak into it i'm going to say my truth to the world you know we don't think well how is this one of my friends going to receive that how's that friend so it just becomes this very negative culture we're in such a negative time in our society right now and christians need to basically pull back and say wait a second we have this amazing opportunity with this online megaphone we have this amazing Mm -hmm. opportunity in today's world how am i representing jesus to him not just his truth but how am i showing people jesus's love and there's a really a powerful quote that hit me by the late great evangelist deal moody he said out of 100 people outside the church one might pick up a Bible and read it at some point, but 99 will read the Christian. Crazy. And so we're just saying, hey, <laughs> people look to our lives to see who God is. And if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit really is some of the character of God. God is loving. God is joyful. God is God brings peace. God is faithful. God is gentle and with us when we don't deserve it. God is kind its kindness draws us to repentance and you could you I mean you could spend a whole you could do a couple books just about each of those but he's saying walk like me imitate me in the world because we reflect you know when we come to faith in christ every single one of us and as leaders as well the people that we influence you know we we need to train people to walk like christ to influence the world the way he does it which is not just to let your truth fly not let your anger uh rage not let you know, you can't just say whatever you want if you want mm-hmm. to represent Jesus well. You have to think about that balance, that careful of how you're treating people, how you're coming across to people. And then you speak truth into that, though, because without the truth of God's word, there's no power to save anymore. So we like we don't lay aside God's truth. You, God's truth is where the power is, but we wield it carefully with, with this love, this great love that God wants to give us. He wants to show you as a leader his love for you and how much he loves you in a deeper level and so that you can lead the people that you lead in a way that they suddenly see God's love through you. And so it's almost like we encounter God's love ourselves in a greater dimension and that allows us to minister that way to others. 
Yeah, Matt, that's so, so needed. And I think that that lines up with just obviously your heart, but the heart of Christ. And Micah and I's heart is one that we want to reach people with truth. And we want, we just have a love and a compassion for people. And I think that not only is that message timely, but it's needed. And so peeling back the layer one step further, what would you say your inspiration or reason that you felt called to write this message for the tr- uh, for, for the church today, like what? Why was that so important on your heart? Yeah, I felt such a burden for it. Um, you know, early on in ministry, eighteen years ago, I, you know, I, I, I kind of looking back, I realized I, for me, spiritual maturity began to look like my intensity. You know, how mm-hmm. radical you are, um, how much you pray, fast, and witness. Um, and and maybe obviously borderline legalism for sure, um, but it, it it can become it can almost look aggressive. I'm passionate for God, so like let me you know, let me help the world understand. Um, and you know somewhere along the way, I don't know why I got that mentality, but somewhere along the way in the last five years, God just really started to speak to me about the fruit of the spirit. Like mm. if you grow, if you become a person who's full of love, like genuine love who's full of genuine joy, who's full of genuine peace, people will be drawn to you. Mm-hmm. Like I've never met an encourager who doesn't have any friends. Right. <laughs> people will be drawn to you. And, and as you, as a leader, people will be like drawn to your leadership as a, as a, um, someone with a heart for God, people will be drawn to you as you know, in your workplace, you will, you will have a greater, magnetism to the people around you with your at your home which is the most important place that any of this could ever be applied which is the most difficult place for any of this to be applied with the people you're closest with Um, whether you're single and you you have a roommate or a friend that you live with or you're married or you're a parent and you have kids that's the hardest place to live it up because they see everything yeah and they they see your your good and your bad moments it's kind of easy honestly to be friends with a new person you know, and, and show your best side. That's just a tendency of human tendency. But it's with the people you live with the most, the people you're around the most, that they're the ones who need to see it the greatest. And by the way, one of the, you know, the biggest, in my opinion, uh, definition of success would be that the people who know you the best respect you the most. Hmm. Right. Totally. And so it's just like, which is, which is hard. It's not, always, it's not an easy thing, but it's to focus, I think, starting with anything that you want to do and growing in your faith, growing in your leadership, start with the people you, at your home, start with those closest to you. So it's how you serve them. It's how you learn to um, navigate tough conversations with them. It's how you learn to, you know, treat them even when your emotions are uh, not all pumped. Um, and so and so that's that's just a you know that's just a thought about it. people. Your, even your even your spouse, even your kids will be will be drawn to you. You'll have a greater influence with them if you're walking in the fruit of the spirit. You know, but that's not our natural response. Our natural response to our life circumstances and to the news of the day is not to be loving, joyful, and peaceful. Our natural response is to be like, "This is crazy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, to the news, to the news, not to the family. Um, but it's just you know, the, the, and so our. We have to like bring those into line with God's way of of His plan for our lives, and so we, we have to keep in step with the Spirit, and and that means to like in our emotions every day to keep bringing those into line with the way God would want us to walk and live, and allow His Spirit to live through us in in our relationships with everyone around us. And so, 
people are drawn to that and then we can we can tell them about this incredible you know this incredible hope that we have this incredible truth that we have that's changed our lives which is jesus christ well matt i think that that's such a interesting thing that we can react to the negativity and get sucked into it or we can we can almost have a countercultural approach like jesus did to even in the midst of chaos have peace even in the midst of negativity or discouragement to have joy and optimism and a hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And in another one of your books, one of my favorite things that you've ever shined a spotlight on is you wrote about all the different large gatherings of young people, college students, young adults across the nation and even globally. And can you just talk for a second about some of the things that you're seeing God do in this generation currently right now? Yeah, totally. Well, I love that. You know, that was in a book uh, that I wrote called Awakening. And, you know, probably the best way to sum it up would be to say a quote by John, Dr. John Piper, where he said, "Out of you know, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you might be aware of three of them. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So God's at work. God's always at work. That's a fundamental principle of Scripture and reality for all of our lives. God is for you. You know, the Bible says that in Romans 8. God is for us. Who can be against us? When you're in Christ, God is for you, and he is working on your behalf in ways that you don't always see. And that's something to remind yourself of every day. I, lately, I've been reading a couple books but that, that are about that, you know, that are about how God is our father. He's for us. You know, several books actually talked about, one by Louis Giglio and one by his mentor, Dandy Hahn, talked about how, um, you know, the the... the most frequent and common thing that was taught about that Jesus taught us and all of the things that he taught uh, about God was that God is our father. There's mm. a, there's a many things that he could have said or highlighted or focused on about how mighty God is about how unlimited God is. But for some reason he really shined that spotlight on the father and the fatherhood of God really shows us uh, that, you know, all of these characteristics of God and Dandy Hans book does such a good job of it. You know, it's like a theological primer because the reality is even what I was trying to say with truth plus love is, is what it's simple. It's what does it mean to look like Jesus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if we, if we're not aiming for something, we're going to end up wherever, but what does it mean to look like Jesus? What does it mean? What I'm really trying to say is what does it mean to grow into spiritual maturity? What does spiritual maturity look like? And I had the wrong vision for it early on. And I began to realize more recently what it really is like if I'm growing in the fruit of the Spirit. In the same way, you know, what what is God like? What is God's character? What is God's plan? And understanding that simple idea of the character of God defines everything about our lives. If we think God is a certain way, we may end up in a completely different direction than God has planned for us because we thought God was this way. It's so important to know the character of God. The character of God is that he's for you. Character of God is that his hand is on your life and that he cares about you, that he gave everything in his son, Jesus. And, and so it's just so important to understand that God is working behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I shared some stories about, you know, just some stuff that kind of shocked me. And I don't know if anyone else had ever put it together, but, you know, passion was gathering around new years, years ago, and they still do. Uh, the, one thing conference was gathering, yep. you know, 20 or 30,000 young adults around that same week. And there'd be a mission conference every two or three years gathers, you know, 20 or 30,000 young people, or I can't remember the number. 
but just, you know, in different parts of the country, tens of thousands and tens of thousands of young adults and young people who are seeking God simultaneous. One is focused on worship. One is focused on unceasing prayer. One is focused on spend your life in missions, proclaiming the glory of God and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Consider what would happen if you gave your life for mission. So it's just, it's just a picture of what God is doing. And there's even more things like that. Like I heard about a conference in New York recently that was for a denomination that had, I want to say it's 50 or 60,000 young people that gathered for a national conference. Wow. And this kind of stuff's happened all the time. A lot of times we never hear about it. So we're like, hey, young people are leaving the church. Well, yeah, young, you know, that there is some statistical truth that young people leave the church and how we can turn that tide. But there's also so many amazing stories. So you kind of got to carry them both together. There's amazing movements of God as well. That, you know, my, uh, one of my friends, uh, Malachi O'Brien, and I have been dreaming recently about what if a million young people, a million young adults fasted and prayed entering, entering into the roaring 20s across yeah. America and around the world. Pray for revival because... You know, if you think about the 1920s, which were called the Roaring Twenties, there's a lot of things that were happening at that time that are mirrored today. And we're entering into the 2020s where, you know, potentially in the next 10 years, the Bible could be translated finally to every language on earth. Potentially, you know, there's going to be some of the greatest movements of evangelism that have ever taken place. But what if a million young people across America said, hey, let's fast and pray for God to move. Mm -hmm. And it can look like whatever you want it to look like for you. But yeah, I just, I get excited about the things that God's uh, doing. And, and I would just add to all that, that each one of, of you listening, that, that you're li listening right now, that you're part of that. Because you're part of the story of what God's doing. We each need to continue to lean into and step into being faithful to what God's willing us to do and know that God is doing something so much bigger than us. And I'll just end with this thought that Louis Giglio told me one time. He said, you know, passion out of amazing stuff that we're doing we're just a small drop in the ocean of all god's doing in the world i love that perspective each one of us is is just one piece of the puzzle and the story that god is doing but i believe god wants to move in greater ways on this generation in greater ways in our country yeah i don't care what the statistics say necessarily i think hey what god has called you to do just know step into that purpose more fully give yourself to it more fully trust and believe that god's going to do greater things because i really believe he's about to <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's just an incredible picture to see that we are all hands and feet to what God wants to do, and it's whether or not we are actually going to participate. I always kind of get the image of, like, I don't want to be on the sidelines watching the game. I want to be in the game. Like, I want to be in the trenches of ministry. I want to be, you know, in the messy, like, of my own, but also coming alongside others and cheering each other on and re being reminded that we're all on the same team, meaning that we're wearing the same jersey, you know, and some of us are the, you know, they have the gift of worshiping. Some have evangelism, teaching, preaching, all those different things. So even to the listener that you were not, if we were God, we would be able to do all those things 100 plus percent, but we're not. But he has called us to be something significant. Like you said, we're all, we all have a specific place, but we all have to discover that in the process of finding you know, the truth and the hope and the love and the joy, all those different components of who Christ is. And <clears throat> the more we become like him, the more that we can emulate and use those gifts, you know, to leverage God's kingdom instead of, you know, not functioning and sitting on the sidelines. So you've mentioned um, some kind of positives, negatives, pros and cons. And we know that this generation is obviously about technology. They're about utilizing that. They're creatives. They're doing videos. I mean, you name it, they're doing it. They're creating it. And 
we know that can, technology can influence us. And there are obviously the pros and cons, like I said, about this day and age on all social media platforms. It doesn't matter which one. But what advice do you have for young leaders, maybe some pastors listening, interns listening, anybody who's really wrestling with this concept? How or what advice would you have for those young leaders to become more secure and confident and not become discouraged by comparison? Mm. Because I yeah, think a lot of people, we start comparing on social media platforms, yeah. right? So what would you say <coughs> to the leader to become more secure and confident and not become discouraged in the comparison trap? Well, maybe my story will help you. I haven't posted on Instagram for two months. I just haven't had anything really big <laughs> to say over there. So just look at mine. You'll feel a little better. Um, no, you know, I, that's a powerful question, and it's so important. And I feel like it could just be talked about over and over and over because almost need to be reminded of you know of that um obviously god didn't mean for us to live with comparison Mm -hmm. you know he meant for us to live with celebration we're supposed to be celebrating each other but man it is tough these days um and it's just learning again to use these tools uh, these tools that we have that no other generation has learned to use before um you know i loved i'm gonna ruin the quote but i loved a quote i saw you know, a couple of years ago that said, Hey, if only the, like the bird with the most beautiful voice sang in the forest, it would be just a really lame forest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the point, the point was like, th- it's not just a world of superstars, right? It's, right. it's each one of us has something important to say and we just have to, you know, be okay with that and remind ourselves of that. You know, I've got friends that I know that, you know, they'll get like a million likes on every single post they post. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing over here, you know? So, <laughs> um, so we, it's, I mean, no matter, and even those people probably look at other, you know, celebrities and go, they get, you know, hundred million on every, you know? So, I mean, there's always a way to find something to compare to, which is sad. Um, that's why I'm kind of excited if Instagram takes the likes off, which hasn't happened for you guys. It hasn't happened for me yet, but. No, they're trying it out supposedly. And, yeah, uh, they're we'll testing see. on some U.S. users right now, but it hasn't happened on my. But I, I, I think that'd be great, actually. I like the shakeup. I think that'd be good. So, so I would just say, um, you know, John Gordon said recently, don't don't use social media for comparison. Use social media for um, connection. Yeah. And to add value. Yeah. And I love that. I think, yeah, man, use use social media just to, you know, it's brought so many great friendships and and you know wonderful things into my life. Um, but we all need to be careful too that you know we don't get caught in the comparison trap. But then it's also, you know, how can I add value to people here? How can I serve people here? Just like you probably think about leadership, just like you probably think in your own life, you want to be a blessing to other people. Use social media in that way too. How can I go on this? platform be a blessing and hey if you need to take a break if you need to take time away you do that that's right fine. it's fine to do those things sometimes you don't even always need to announce it that's the cool thing too yeah one fun thing that i learned sorry if i interrupted you, josiah was this i had a professor at north central university um who just asked the class he goes i just process why am i posting what i'm posting and what am i hoping to get out of it because mm-hmm. if it's a selfish ambition of me to get a hundred likes or a thousand likes or X amount of likes, then it's, I probably don't even need to be posting it because that's the condition of my heart in that moment. If it's to rub it in the faces of others of I'm on this amazing vacation on the beach mm-hmm. and you know, that's the condition of your heart, but it's like, what's well, what you do with that post. I can be on vacation and post an amazing picture of the beach. I'm going to throw a Bible verse with that. I'm going to share what God spoke to me on that beach. And 
I think those are two different conditions. So always filtering through that lens of what do I hope to get out of this? And if that is an inward focus of what do I have to say or what do I need, you know, the recognition of man, then I'm going to reevaluate instead of saying, who can I bless? And I just pray that this touches other people's. So even just filtering through that lens of why do I post what I post, I think a lot of people would probably pull back on a lot of their nonsense, you know, in the process. Yeah, yeah totally. No, it's so good. You know, one thing I'd add to that is we scroll through our feeds and sometimes you scroll through your feed, you know, depending on your personality, right? Some people less than more, but you scroll through your feed and you just feel kind of like, ah, oh, I just feel kind of like angry, frustrated, like just you feel a little bit of toxic feelings. And if you think about it for a second, I think a lot of times we just move on in life. We scroll, we take our five minute break, you know, whatever it is. And we're constantly looking at what everyone's saying. No other generation has had to do that to process yep. so much so fast. Yep. So I think on the, on the other side, one of the most healthy things you can do is if you do feel kind of bad, process those emotions. Don't just move on with your life, but right. go, man, why do I feel like frustrated today? Why do I feel like, why do I feel down or why do I feel, um, annoyed and, and to think maybe back to something that you saw uh, one of the things that you saw or whatever and to process that emotion why do I feel jealous of that person right why do I feel frustrated with it you know what I'm gonna pray for him instead and you basically flip the switch yep. you flip the, the the script there and you go hey you know what I'm excited for them you know and it's by the way you can hype people if you need to you can you know whatever you got to do to to keep the right attitude on social media but to try to change your your way that you process through all that. It's so healthy to process your emotions and I think most of us forget to do it most of the time. Right. I think those pointers or tips of just processing your emotions, being in touch with your feelings, being self-aware mm -hmm. is a great add value. And I think the John Gordon quote is a great distinction between using social media to level up and compare up or you know, to, to feel discouraged by comparison and instead of comparison to use it for connection. Right. I think that's a helpful distinction for all of us because what we do wanna do is collaborate and celebrate and cheer others on and encourage and bless and support and strengthen the body. But what we don't wanna do is we don't wanna criticize, we don't wanna complain, we don't wanna compete, we don't wanna get caught in a rut where we're comparing and so, Matt, there's one thought that I wanted to talk with you about, and you're passionate about sharing the gospel and reaching people even online. And this is a concept you've kind of started to call digital missions. And I heard you talk about some vision that I'll let you describe, but you have a vision for this, and, and you, there's even a way that other young people might be able to be involved. Can you talk about that for a while? Yeah, I love it. Well, I've had just such a heart for young leaders um, for like eight, nine years. I think just the God-given burden for young leaders I was seeing, and I would even call it some, you know, young influencers. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't use that term for myself, but I, I use it as an honoring term for people that I feel God is really blessed to be able to speak into a lot of people's lives. Um, some of them in ministry, some of them in other spheres of the world. Some, but but in the social media world now, you can do that. It's crazy and. So I just want to be a blessing to him. I want to see him still serving the Lord in 10 years. I want to see him yeah. still, you know, passionate about the Lord and passionate about their faith in, in many years and, and just being faithful. And so I want to be an encouragement any way I can towards that. So I had this burden, and, and we've done these different gatherings over the last, you know, really seven, eight years, um, even more intentionally in the last three or four. And that's kind of all culminated in what I feel like is a really kind of a key focus in our hearts right now as a ministry, which is, 
um, more intentional than just uh, young leaders and young influencers, but it's um, people who feel like a burden are called to share Christ with more people specifically. Like you Mm -hmm. feel a burden uh, to share the message of Jesus online. And the background of that story is a mutual friend of ours, uh, your guys is a mine, Brian Skoog, mm-hmm. was chatting with me one day about a friend he knew who ran a private foundation and their research study that they had done, they spent a ton of money on to say, how, why are young people leaving the church and how do we turn the tide? And they found that out of the young people that are leaving the church and the churches that are closing every year, that potentially 20 million young people in America could come to faith in Christ if five steps were taken. Incredible. And this is all that actually you can read this whole study that they did at The Great Opportunity is what it's called. If you, I think if you Google it, The Great Opportunity will come up. I don't remember the exact website, if it was .com or .org. But um, they share this study and their findings. But the basic things were uh, church planning, that churches need to be planted at a rate of three times of what they're currently being planted at. Uh, the the discipleship of the next generation of young people needs to be uh, growing in effectiveness and innovation. And then the third one, which was really weird, was um, essentially the world needs more digital billigrams. And right. the way they phrased it was just using online and new media to share the gospel. But in there, they, they said that phrase, my friend Ryan told me about it when we were on a trip to Colorado Springs together. And... Um, you know, he shared with me excitedly on this drive. Uh, actually, we flew into Denver and, and drove down to Colorado Springs for some reason. And he shared with me this vision that he had read about. And he said, like, you know, essentially, this is something that you've been in this world that you should you should think about, you should consider. And so that's kind of that was a year and a half ago or two years ago. And that's kind of um, been a, a growing understanding of how do we play a role in that? Um, because we just really feel called to help other people do things, not just focus on ourselves. And so, yeah, so we just have this program that we just started recently. Um, like, let's raise up a thousand digital billigrams. And so um, you can go to digitalmissions.co backslash DBG for digital billigrams um, and just share, you know, sign up. And if you have an interest in that and share a little bit of the vision that God's put on your heart, literally, we don't have any plan for it to like, there's no charge for it. We're just like, how can we be a blessing? How can we train other people, equip other people? So right now what we're planning is just a 15-session training course that would mm. equip people in that area with different leaders. We already recorded the first one. We're slowly making our way there. Um, and then a continuing podcast, a digital missions podcast that would would just be in this basically a Facebook group. So it's the amazing thing about Facebook groups is you can really kind of build some community there and see some like kingdom stuff happen, which what did you do back in the day? Sent a fax to a bunch of leaders around the country? I don't know. <laughs> you know, send some smoke signals. <laughs> so nowadays we do a Facebook group and we invite people and you can like see some crazy movements happen out of like a <clears throat> community like that. So it's pretty incredible time to live. And that's kind of our plan right now is just like, hey, how can we build a friendship and be a blessing to other people and we'd love to see a thousand you know 20 something specifically we'd love yep. to see young people um and they, you can be any age to go sign up and join but we just we just want to be a blessing we've had i think about 40 people sign up so far so we're on our way to a thousand we have about 130 in the facebook group i don't know how to get everyone in the facebook group to go sign up on the form but we need them to sign up and we'll send them these trainings and hopefully be a blessing in their lives well i'll just add that we will add the link to the show notes so that people 
on this podcast, if you're listening and you're a young adult pastor or college ministry leader and you want to check out what Matt Brown and the Digital Missions Collective mm-hmm. is doing alongside just becoming a digital Billy Graham or raising your voice online for the glory of God, we'll make sure that those, um, the great opportunity, we'll find that link and we'll add it to the show notes as well as the digitalmissions.co. Perfect. Well, Matt, we've come to one of our favorite moments in this podcast, and it's called Five in Five. So we have five questions to get to know you better, and we needed answers in less than one minute per question. Do you think you can do it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I'll start us off. Question number one. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? You wouldn't believe this, but I think about this kind of stuff a lot. Good. This is so my question. What is, word, what is the word for that? Lists. I make lists a lot and I think about who I want to be. Um, I've been reading a book called Grit lately, which is really interesting. I feel like I'm reading a memoir. It's totally my personality. I'm like a stick with the same thing your whole life. So grit would be one of them, which another word for that is focus. Definitely happy a lot, um, positive, um, and Gordon would be proud. And um, I think the third. I mean, yeah, almost like simple, like you know, which kind of fits with that too. So, I'll add that Angela Duckworth's research is bonkers in the book Grit. How in the world she conducts these studies of young people who are like spelling bee winners and Harvard grads. So, Angela, if you're listening, hi, nice research. We like your book, Grit. Uh, it's, it's a really good book, and she um, she's at the UPenn, which is, you know, Ivy League school, Wharton Business School and everything over there. She does psychology, but, yeah, it's a really great book, really great read. So. And so, Matt, next question. What is your dream in one sentence? Yeah, just honestly, it's so simple, and it's been the same since I was, like, 17 years old, and I'm 36 now, um, so almost 20 years. Um, and that's just to share share Christ with more people uh, together with my good friends. Perfect. All right, Matt, question number three. What has surprised you about this next generation? Can you repeat that one more time? Sorry, I'm messing with my headphones. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can you guys, You said he was focused, <laughs> focused. No, I was kidding. Yeah, no, no, I was. <laughs> Distracted. I I'm just teasing you. Okay, question number three is, what has surprised you about this next generation? Yeah, well, the biggest thing I would say is just that um, I'm going to use like 50 seconds just talking around it. And then at the last, and I'm sorry. Keep us (laughs) Um, on the suspense. The biggest thing I would say actually is like the positivity. The like, um, you know, if you look at Twitter, uh, there's so much negativity and just horrible opinions about stuff. But it's most of the time it's not young people. That's the crazy thing. I feel like young people are just not jaded yet. So I love that. We found that to be so true. And yeah, young people are optimistic, joy-filled, hopeful. We all should be, and uh, especially as followers of Christ. So Matt, would you also be willing to tell us one of your most epic failures in life or ministry, just so we can learn from you in this moment? Yes. Um, Well, there's definitely a lot of failures and, you know, shortcomings uh, over the 18 years of ministry, but just one that I thought it was just... I've had a recurring nightmare since like, you know, forever since I began preaching and and it obviously picks up like around the time when I'm about to preach somewhere that I like, you know, forgot to prepare that I don't have the notes uh, or that I did a horrible job. (laughs) No, 
I don't, I haven't had it as much recently, but it's just been this kind of ongoing, like, you know, this nightmare that I am failing, that I am, you know, going to fail or whatever (laughs) when it comes to public speaking. So anyways. You're funny. We are a great public speaker, if that means anything. (laughs) Thank you. All right. The final question we have for you is... We just recognize that one of your strongest giftings, and that is an incredible blessing to the kingdom of God, is your encouragement. And we would love for you to share something to inspire the listener today, our group of young adult ministry leaders, um, just to kind of close today. So what would you share that's inspiring for their hearts, maybe that God's laid on your heart in this moment? Yeah, thank you. Well, um, encouragement comes natural for me and we all need encouragers in our lives so if you don't have one have somebody um i would just say that the greatest thing that you uh your greatest legacy that you leave might not be something that you accomplish but someone you disciple um so that would be my thought for you today um you know josiah and i have talked a lot about a lady named henrietta mears who uh, back in the 1920s 30s and 40s was a sunday school teacher down at hollywood presbyterian church and her life impacted so many leaders that has started ministries that have now impacted every single one of us listening today. And so um, just to consider, um, you know, who you need to be pouring into, who you need to be passing the baton off to, who do you need to be encouraging and opening doors for? I think one of the greatest things you can do as a, as a leader of anybody is just to try to be a blessing to people around you. Right. And, uh, and then disciple, encourage, mentor, equip. Um, and so who can you be doing that for? Because I think that, that's where the movements start. That's where amazing things take place. One of the books that can really encourage you in that is Hero Maker by Dave Ferguson, where he just talks about, you know, how to be a hero maker for other people in your life and, and to be kingdom minded. So it's not just about you and your ministry, you and your thing, but how can you go raise up other people, open doors for other people? I love that. So just encourage you uh, in that uh, to consider who you can pour your life into today. Matt, that's amazing. And not only is that a great book of Hero Maker, but you also embody being a hero maker for me, for other people, the way that you open doors, um, you make ways and just find time to encourage other people. And so we're really blessed by that. And we just want to say thanks for a great conversation today. And yeah, can I speak into that for one second? I just want to say what you guys are doing with Young Adults today is amazing because, again, I don't think there's a ton in this space. I'm just so excited about what you, the community that you're building with it, I think through Facebook group and everything. Totally. Um, but I would just encourage everyone listening. I would encourage you who are in the group um, and, and have amazing ministries and amazing leadership around the country. How can you take what's happening here, you know, how can you take what's being poured into you here and go pour it out to a whole bunch more people? Right. You know, so so if every one of you is touching a dozen or a hundred or a thousand, go go take all the blessings God gives you through this and pass it on. And think of, you know, ten or twelve more disciples that you need to pour into as well. That's so good. I love that. Thank you for that comment. (laughs) We'll call it the bonus challenge. There you go. And so, Matt, again, thanks for just joining us. You guys as listeners can find out more about Matt Brown, the ministry of Think Eternity, as well as the book Truth Plus Love when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today along with across social media, media platforms. And in the podcast show notes, we'll make sure to have those links. So until next time, this is Josiah and Micah Keneally hosting Young Today, encouraging you guys to be hero makers, dream big, and take that one next step to run after what God asks you to do today. Have a great one. Till next time. 
Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Right now